0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at @realvunderdog. Okay, we
1: just record. We got a in Phoenix too. 52 to
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Sunny and Phoenix Podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by the Governor, Mitch Krumpetich. Hello. Hello to you, Mitch, and this week on the show, we'll break down the Suns' first preseason game against the Utah Jazz, and then after that, we'll discuss what to expect throughout the rest of the preseason.
1: Follow us on Twitter at PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will
0: get a shout-out on the show. All right, game one of the preseason is finished. The Suns went to Utah to play the Jazz. Final score, 119-105. to We ended up taking the loss, but again, this is preseason. Wins, losses, they don't really matter, but we finally got to see this team back on the floor, and I'm just happy about that.
1: Oh, yeah, it was great to have basketball on it was great to just be able to sit and watch the ball being bounced and shot and passed around, you know, 0.5 and all that Monty Mm -hmm. Williams system. It was nice to just, to be able to watch another game. The
0: off season, I know it was fast, but it felt really long. It did the, the lull between the last champ, the championship game and then the draft. It seemed like that just took forever, but And then we got the news that we were starting, you know, in December in a couple weeks here rather than January, and it really pushed things ahead. So it's kind of been a whirlwind just getting ready for the season. And, you know, the teams are experiencing that, too, because we got a bunch of new guys in here. They're not all quite ready to hop back on the court and play a full preseason game. And obviously we feel the effects of that. We have to wait another game, at least another game, until we see Chris Paul put on that Suns Uni and hit the floor.
1: Right. And, you know, I think a good way to illustrate all of this is Jay Crowder was signed by the Suns. People are pretty excited about that. And we're expecting to see him play in this game against the Jazz that we're going to talk about. He didn't play, though. And people were wondering why. Oh, is there some sort of injury? But on the broadcast, they said, oh, yeah, he just got to the team like to Phoenix like this week he's barely been with the team. He's barely been able to do anything with them. So he's not going to play. It's really been a whirlwind, especially for someone like that, who played all through the finals and was playing,
0: you know, what seems like not even what seems like he was playing two months ago. Right. It seems like a few weeks ago, more or less. Now he had to make the move across country from Miami all the way back to Phoenix now. And getting settled in. And, you know, Chris Paul had a little longer to settle in with the team before, you know, Jay and our other free agents got here. But, yeah, I I just imagine that it'd be really nice to have a couple more weeks of preseason because, you know, these guys do need to get the rust off. They do need to become a unit and be able to play together. And this is all really rushed. And this preseason might be pretty interesting overall.
1: Yeah, it also might not be interesting at all. We might not get hardly anything from this.
0: <laughs> yeah, but by interesting, I meant, like, who knows who's going to be playing, how many minutes oh, they're right. going to play. Like, I watched the, I, I caught the Lakers box score, and Taylor Horton Tucker just had a huge game, but he played 39 minutes. It's,
1: right.
0: You know, right. we're going to see stuff like that <laughs> happening throughout here. and. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely Nader time. <clears throat> oh, Nader time. We're ready for more Nader time. But let's let's get into the game a little bit. Uh, Final score, 119-105. That doesn't matter. Let's talk about what we saw. Devin Booker, obviously, gets the game going off hot. And, man, it's just nice to see him get buckets.
1: Yeah, it's always nice to see Booker score. I, you know, at this point, I don't really care about wins or losses in the preseason. You know, I always said in, in the NFL, you never want to win every preseason game. I don't know why. It it was just like a superstitious kind of thing because I remember, I actually think it was that Detroit Lions team that lost every game from like 2008 or whatever. Yeah. I think they won every preseason game and I just Uh. remember thinking, well, if they won every preseason game and then lost every regular season game, that's it. That's the correlation. You probably want to lose one.
0: Yeah, Yeah. might as well throw that last game, and (laughs) that's right. Let let those uh, fifth and sixth string guys really, really make their mark.
1: Yeah, it's I don't know why it's just all. Well, I do know why, but it's just always been a little bit of a superstition that's stuck with me. So when they lost this game, I was like, well, okay, well we're not gonna lose every regular season
0: game. (laughs) Fair enough.
1: So, but no, I mean. The the score doesn't really matter that much in these games. I mean, Javon Carter played 31 minutes, so that should tell you what you need to know about this game. Uh, it's okay, though. It, it's, it's a good way to get everyone acclimated, to get, get their legs under them, to see some fresh blood. These guys have been going up against each other for a while so to see some some other people to face an actual opponent is nice. And yeah, it was nice to see Booker get out there. He played a little bit longer than I expected. 24 minutes. I didn't think he'd get quite that many. And I think in the next few games he probably won't play that much. But he had 16 points and 6 assists. So, yeah, it's nice to see him get back at it.
0: Right, and we saw the Jazz pull their guys a little earlier. I think Gobert and Mitchell got out of the game a little earlier than we saw Booker, so hopefully we'll, we kind of take that route for this next one. And, you know, we've seen enough of the Jazz until the regular season. Just just get this one over with and keep everyone healthy for the next one is how I look at it. But Absolutely. So we see Booker. He got cooking a little bit right away. That just made me, you know, all the, all the pregame jitters, I guess, those just go away when when it's going for book and the, the matchup between him and Donovan Mitchell is one that we always like to talk about. And it's fun to watch every time. Like it's just a good matchup. So it's fun to see that right off the bat. Let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about Aiton and defensively and on the glass. Excellent job. I thought he did a solid job patrolling the paint, cleaning the glass. Very great. Yeah. Anyways, though. Yeah. We we need to see him work more in the paint. I feel like a broken record, but we we see the success when he does decide to make a strong move in there, get a bucket and get fouled. That's great, but he doesn't it's like that's his last option that he wants to do that and it's and that that needs to change.
1: Right. Well, and when Chris Paul is on the court, you know he's just going to be screaming at Ayton to get in the paint. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that as we watched this game and Aiton didn't shoot horribly or anything. He was five for 11. He hits hits his mid-range jumpers at a decent clip. It's not like he's a bad shooter. He can hit those when he needs to. He just takes way too many of them. Um, But I was just thinking the whole time, if Chris Paul were out here, he would be hounding Aiton in his ear the whole game. Get in the paint. What are you doing? You're seven feet tall. Get
0: in the paint. I can see Chris Paul when the pick and roll comes with Chris and Aiton, I can see Chris just standing there and waiting for Aiton to set a proper screen, like not even yeah. trying to go until Aiton's in perfect position to actually do it. That, that's something we don't see. And that's patience from Chris Paul. We, we don't have a point guard who, well, we didn't see one last night. Ricky Rubio did a solid job last year, but when campaign plays, you know, 30 minutes, yeah. it, it's a little rough. I I'm really excited to see that, that connection with CP three.
1: Yes, it'll be nice. And yeah, the screens, that's something that I mentioned to you while we were watching the game. DeAndre Ayton still doesn't set very solid screens. He kind of comes up and then he slows down and maybe gets a little clip of a shoulder on the guy he's setting the screen on and then he just goes to his spot. And it just is a little bit annoying. It's one of those tiny little things that's irritating. And you know Chris Paul isn't going to stand for that. Chris Paul will probably take a step back and say, come do that again.
0: Right. And you like Aiton seems like he wants to slip every screen. He, yeah. he doesn't want to set the... He did set one really nice screen, and he kind of yeah. knocked someone pretty hard last night. But okay. uh, normally it seems like he just wants to dart out of there and get into his little... Uh, you know, that mid-range area where he likes to catch. I, I'd I'd, just rather see him just clobber somebody, honestly, with, right. with these. And, uh, I, yeah, I think Chris will do that.
1: He will. And that's the thing with slipping the screens, like you mentioned. That only works after you've set some really solid screens. Right. Because at this point, everyone expects him to slip every screen. And that's,
0: he's not going to get anywhere. And we've seen it over and over again. Okay. Well, one last thing I have to say about Aiden. Actually, one more thing. I watching Aiden and Gobert screen wise, Gobert sets screens. And he yeah, he, he, he keeps guys pinned as much as he can. And maybe some of those are dirty. I, I feel like he, he can hold on to guys a little longer than other guys can. But Aiden, I hope he takes notes on that because when you get the proper pick set. And then you can seal them off and roll like just fundamental basketball. It's a beautiful thing. And that that's yeah. how Rudy Gobert ever scores buckets. It's either getting oh, fed yeah. like that or off an offensive tip in.
1: Yeah, it's nice. Uh, the other thing I want to say about Aiden, and this is the last negative thing I'm going to say, because I don't think he was horrible. He played pretty well and he, he only played. He played 21 minutes, still a little bit more than I expected, but whatever. There was one point that we've all seen the clip on Twitter. We've all seen the reactions, but I want to talk about it for a second. He gets the ball in the paint down low and is wide open for a dunk. He's right at the rim, point blank range. He still makes the shot, but he just takes a little layup. And everyone on the bench was ready to go off and to get energized by this dunk. And Aiden just goes with a little layup, doesn't touch the rim or anything. Those are the things that are just so irritating because it's like, yeah, he scored two points still. It's still the same amount of points, but think about the impact that just trying to bring the rim down makes on that. You know, imagine like imagine Shaq instead of dunking in that situation, just softly laying it in off the glass.
0: Yeah. You can't bring down the whole backboard by a little finger roll, you know, right. Right, And I mean, even the sound of a snap of a rim after a, a thunderous one hand just put down, that's enough to get everybody hyped up. It, it doesn't even take that much. You just got to turn your hand over the other way and put it through the rim. Right. <laughs> I, I wish I were seven feet tall. I think I'd have that down. But
1: Right. I'm, I mean, I just want him to have this mentality of, think about before the game, some of you may have saw this, there was a cable on the backboard that broke and they had to replace it before the game started. If I'm Aiden, I'm thinking I'm breaking that cable again and I'm going to (laughs) break all the other cables. That's the mentality I want him to have. I want him to be trying to tear that backboard down like in the 90s when we used to see that.
0: Oh yeah. And okay. One last negative thing about (laughs) it. It's the last one. I'm happy that the three pointer seems to be greenlit for him it seems like if he's open he can take it but i never want to see equal amounts or more three-pointers than free throws in a game i never want to see that mm. he's he's too talented near the rim to to just settle for this outside i'll live with the mid-range i'll live with that but if we're gonna see more three-pointers than free throws that's a big concern
1: I don't know where I stand on this, because I am more of the opinion that I want him shooting threes. I think it would open up our team a lot if he could make those. Now, at this point, when he doesn't make them at a reliable rate, yeah, he definitely needs to be doing what you're saying and shooting more free throws for sure. And yeah, overall he really needs to be shooting more free throws. We talked about this so much last year, so we don't need to harp on it right now. I know we will be harping on it later, Yes, but at the same time, especially preseason, I want him putting those up in preseason. I want him shooting every three that he gets the opportunity to shoot regular season. No, Regular season, he's going to be banging down low. And we already know Chris Paul is going to be making him do this. Yeah. But I like Aiton shooting threes. I know I'm in the minority on this, but I like it.
0: I, I'll like it when he's hitting 30, 32%. Yeah. If he can hit 32% of his threes, he can huck one or two up a game. That's what that's what I feel right now.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd be know. fine with that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He does need to get to the rim though. He does need to get to the free throw line and Chris Paul is going to make him better at that. That's for sure. But on the positive side, we only touched on this a little bit defense and rebounding. He had 14 rebounds and it looked pretty effortless. I think his rebounding is as good as it's ever been. He looked very good out there on the glass and I didn't realize this. He was I think top three or top five in offensive rebounding last season. He almost had four offensive rebounds a game last year. I didn't realize it was that many.
0: Yeah. And he had four in this one,
1: right? That's great. I mean, that makes a big difference.
0: And then this is where I go back and say, if you're grabbing four offensive rebounds per game, I'd really (laughs) like to see you get to the free throw line more often because you're already right underneath the rim. Yeah. You know, a little something like that. A little something just a little something
1: yeah all right defensive we, position too that was nice and he's come a long way on that so it's nice and we'll talk about jalen smith a little bit later but
0: deandre and gives me a lot
1: of hope on that
0: on that sure front. and you said defensive positioning rebounding positioning it seems yeah. like he was just always in the right place he was making contact with guys boxing out too but it seems like he had a good track of where the ball was going to be from what I just kind of picked up in this last game. It seemed like he was just always in the right place and it just makes it easier on you. If that's the case. That's right. All right. We, we, we don't need to touch on everybody from the game. This is preseason bridges played bridges basketball. maybe a little light on the defense compared to what we're used to, but I mean, great cuts hit some open buckets was doing his thing, but the guy I want to touch on is another newcomer Langston Galloway. And this guy is a flamethrower. He came in, and at one point, he had 17 points in 13 minutes. He ended the game with 17 points and a few more minutes than that. But, I mean, he just came in, and he knocked everything down. Yeah. He can shoot. Definitely. And it's surprising he wasn't one of the first guys off the bench. It seemed like once we got through, you know, Payne and Carter, and then more came in, and then we got Galloway finally, but... It seemed like uh, he was ready for the opportunity, and it, he was a big part of that run, those runs that we put together, him and Moore both, where they just came in and they said, We're going to get some buckets and get this game back decently close at times.
1: Yeah, we got it to within three or four points, I think twice, and it was primarily due to those two. They are, yeah, they're good shooters they're going to fit in with our system and culture very well. And I like having both of them on the floor together. I thought that was nice in the yeah. little bit that we saw that.
0: I think so too. And they're, you know, they're both tweeners. They're uh, Galloway's a shooting guard with point guard size. More seems to be more of a wing with shooting guard size, uh, or maybe even point guard size nowadays. I think he's only six, four or six, five. I could yeah. be, I could be wrong. But anyways, I like the way that they work. And then something that in, something interesting that happened with Moore. Him and Carter were on the floor together. You'd kind of assume Javon to be running the point guard at that point, but it was Moore. Moore was running pick and rolls and bringing the ball up the court. So we were expecting to see something like that, a little mismatch, mishmash. <laughs> mismatch of our, our uh, bench backcourt and we saw it and it seems like that that works really well. I like Javon off ball spotting up in the corner for three. He had a couple threes last night.
1: And I think he's better in that spot and talk about tweener, you throw Javon Carter in that too. He's more of a shooting guard with point guard size. Yep. I mean, and this is where, and I said this to you already during the game and I know if you ever listen to any basketball podcast or follow basketball at all, you've heard this a thousand times and it's so overdone, but positionless basketball, that's all it is. It does not matter who is bringing the ball up the court. It could be Galloway, Moore, Carter, who cares? The Jazz had Joe Ingles bring the ball up the whole game that he was in, basically. He's not their point guard. It's really just who brings the ball up and gets the offense going. All of those guys are just out there to shoot.
0: Yeah, more or less. I mean, you you can argue that when we get to see Chris Paul, then you say that's a point guard. Like right, there's there's right. no doubt about it. But that's yeah, I, I totally get where you're going. The flexibility of all these guys are what 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 make us what makes us able to be positionless. You know, when Chris is off the court, because yeah. I mean, we we've seen Booker run one through three. We've seen McHale and Cam run two through four. I mean, these guys can, you know, we have guys that can do it all, and it's it's just going to take some time to gel. Right. You know, we're playing this jazz team who more or less stay together, same system, same coach, same everything for the last how many years? Yeah. We don't get that luxury, so. No. I, you know, can't be mad about the loss, but you know, we'll see what we'll see Money's adjustments for this one, dude. To...
1: Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. And you know, at the same time on the topic of positionless basketball, I would actually argue that the NBA over the last couple of years has moved more towards a positioned league. I don't think it's quite as positionless as it used to be because I remember this was probably 5 6 Four, five, six years ago, it was a lot more positionless. But then as we saw, I think last year's Houston team is a good example of that not really working. You know, you're putting P.J. Tucker out there at the five and it doesn't really work because there is still a major place for these big centers, these seven-footers, who don't necessarily have to step out and shoot corner threes the whole time. So I'd say it's actually going more in the direction of positioned basketball i mean it's definitely not like it was in the 80s or 90s or anything like that but still somewhat positionless and yeah i think chris paul chris paul and devin booker and deandre ayton and mikhail bridges and jay crowder or Cameron Johnson. those are all good examples of now bridges and crowder and johnson are all kind of you know positionless wings if you will but chris paul is definitely a point guard Devin Booker can play some of the point, but really is the shooting guard. He's that too. They fit more in that positioned kind of arena. So I'd say we're getting more back to that. Not it'll never go back to how it once was, but I think we're moving more in that direction
0: lately. I have an interesting thought on that. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, um, you couldn't maybe tell the difference between a center and a power forward. Mm-hmm. You know, they were both big, bulky guys who were. 6'10 or taller. It's kind of how it seemed to be. Mm-hmm. Now And then, you know, kind of recently, the tweeners seem to take over, where a power forward, rather than looking like a center, it maybe looks more like a small forward lately. Mm-hmm. And, man, you can almost even throw shooting guard through power forward. I mean, mainly if you throw three guys out there it's and one's 6'6", six, six, you're probably going to be okay nowadays.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm
0: so maybe it's less defined
1: it's point guards wings post centers
0: maybe. yeah I, that's kind of how i'm seeing more just it. what it's turning into yeah hmm. mm-hmm. but you know maybe maybe our man that we're going to talk about now maybe jalen smith turns into a, a stud and we have to start him at power forward and we're going seven foot and six ten and two big boys you know that's that's not a bad thing, because nowadays, guys who are 6'10 can handle the ball a little bit, can shoot the three, can do a little bit of everything. So That's right. All right, Jalen Smith debut. What were your initial thoughts?
1: So, he didn't have an amazing game, by any means. He played 18 minutes, had five points, three rebounds, two for four shooting. That was about it. Two turnovers, too, but whatever, preseason. He came out with a lot of confidence. His first shot was a three that he swished. He came out like this was his third or fourth season, and not his first NBA game ever.
0: I liked it. I see, I caught that. I, I thought, oh yeah, this is uh, this is great. I'm excited to see him feeling so ambitious and confident. But then I thought I saw some, maybe some nervous energy. Come in, yeah. maybe a little later, maybe like after he hit the shot, he was like, "Oh, wow, this is the NBA," and it got in his head or something. But he he just didn't look like the Jalen Smith I watched on highlight tapes from Maryland quite yet. So, and yeah. just imagine being a rookie in this this year of the NBA though. No summer camp, uh, t- summer league, no uh, preseason, no training camp, nothing. You, you're just playing preseason games all of a sudden. So. I, I'm not going to blame anyone, but we have seen some rookies across the NBA ball out in these preseason games, too. So, yeah, so nice.
1: yeah, yeah, that's a good point. He was confident at first. Then he did look pretty jittery. I think there were a couple defensive possessions that slowed his confidence down a little bit because he looked as lost as could be. Yeah, he looked like Aiden in his first season, but probably worse. Yeah. Jalen Smith was totally lost, and I just remember there was this one time a few years ago that we were chosen to sit on these these Coors Light seats that are on
0: the
1: recliners that are on the court because someone didn't show up and they asked if we wanted to, so we (laughs) sat there. And we played the Jazz, actually. And I remember being at that level courtside, seeing that ball whip around, and I couldn't even follow the ball. I lost it because they were moving it around so fast. And I'm pretty sure it was Lee Ellis' very solid play from the then-starters, now-no-dunks podcast. I remember him talking about it and be like, oh yeah, I watched that from the court, and I lost the ball. It moved so fast. And I just remember my head spinning and seeing Jalen Smith and being like, yeah, I don't understand that to the extent that you're experiencing it, but I think I had a taste of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's like a testament to the Jazz too, the way they can move the ball, the chemistry they have. It's it's the truth. There there's just something special about all those guys they have together. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I definitely saw Jalen Smith get get out of position, quite out of position a few times on defense, and you know someone something just slides behind him, or he, I think he picked up a foul or two. But you know, rookie debut, it's okay. We, we, yeah. it's okay.
1: He'll get there. And this is what I want to say back to DeAndre Ayton. He looked very lost on defense at first too. But then he was able to really work on that, on just awareness, on footwork, on positioning, all that kind of thing. And he got a lot better. There was some speculation that he spent some time with Hakeem Olajuwon. I don't know that we ever found the truth on that, but whatever he did worked. So... I I think Jalen Smith will be okay. He can probably learn from DeAndre Ayton on how he improved and the coaching staff and everyone like that.
0: Right. And there's going to be no pressure on him. Really. We got Crowder, Saric, Johnson, Ayton. We got all of those big guys. So there's not going to be, probably not going to be a ton of minutes for him this year, but, oh, that's, that's so nice that we're going to be able to build a rookie while not, you know, sacrificing him out there 82 or 72 games in a season.
1: Right. It's like, I was thinking about Marquise Chris the other day because Marquise Chris is not a terrible player. Mm. He's not as horrible as we think of him because we had to thrust him into this role that he was really not ready for whatsoever. Right. And I, you know, I think about Jalen Smith. I think about a few years back, we would have been saying, "Oh yeah, Jalen Smith's going to be our starting power forward," and we have all these really lofty expectations, and he would have looked like a huge bust. And now Marquise Chris plays decent basketball for the Warriors because he's in a good spot, and Jalen Smith is going to be able to do essentially the same thing for us.
0: I sure hope so. I I really hope so. All right, and you know, having a guy with goggles always a plus. Love it, love it. All right, we also a, a couple guys that. Uh got some earlier minutes. Damian Jones and Abdel Nader. Any any big big words on them? I, I was content with each. I wasn't expecting a ton and didn't get a ton, but I mean Nader looks like he has a smooth shot. Yeah, he does. I was fine with that. Damian
1: Jones reminds me a little bit of Rashawn Holmes. I know I brought this up last week just based on his description. Seeing him play, he's not as big. He's not as buff and solid as uh, as Rashawn Holmes was, but it, similar kind of mentality. It feels like.
0: Yeah. So he, I'm he's okay a with big that. dude. Big dude with some athleticism, and I yeah. mean, that's all I want in a backup center. If you can you can hustle, you can rebound, you can clog up the lane. That's that's good for me. Yeah, and, and I think it's fine. And if he's getting minutes with the starters ever, you know, Chris Paul might be throwing him lobs. So right. Right, he also
1: joins the t-shirt wearing club, under the jersey.
0: Oh, yeah. How many how many uh, sleeved fellas do we have this year?
1: We well we had Cam Johnson last year is a well known sleeved guy. Yeah. Last year we had Tyler Johnson for part of the year with his sleeve game. Right trying to think who else i think we had a couple others who wore sleeves every once in a while i think right now it's just jones and and cam johnson but tweet at us that sunny and phx pod if i'm missing anyone let me know who else wears sleeves i think it's just those two right now though
0: if i were in the nba i'd do the one full arm sleeve probably on my left arm full sleeve no doubt you wouldn't do both no just one <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Do I look crazy? And like they do with the leg sleeves. Yeah. How it's just the one
0: leg. Yeah. That's
1: the look lately.
0: Yeah, I just do that on an arm. Yeah. No big deal. Okay. All right. I think that's a good good place to end the the discussion on last game. <laughs> Let, let's move into the rest of the preseason. You know, we don't know know what to expect, but we can talk about what we think might happen. We have one more game against the jazz, and that's the same day this episode comes out. But then after that, we have the two games against the Lakers. and on the 16th, seven o'clock on NBA TV and then on the 18th, 8:30 on ESPN. Look at those national broadcast games, even in the preseason.
1: Yeah, it's really nice. And actually, we need to bring back the bet question. Oh, it's we time. do. It's time. And we didn't talk about this before. I just came up with this because we need to do it. It's preseason, so this is a good warm-up. It's not going to count for anything. We we need to figure out what our bet is going to be this year, too. We're going we to have to get creative. Yeah, how we can
0: important. maybe switch things up. We'll, we'll yeah, see what gonna happens. Yeah, we're going to have
1: to think about that. So... The question that we have, and it's always fun for the fans to chime in on this. That's my favorite part of this, is seeing everyone's predictions and then getting to do the shout-out. So I guess I'll preface this with how everything works for those of you who don't remember or who are new. Every week we're going to pick one game, pick one stat, and everyone chimes in on Twitter by tweeting at us at and Pod letting us know your answer to the question. And whoever is closest will get a shout-out on the next episode. We've had a few people who were really involved in this last year, Sundress Dunks, Comic Evangelists, a couple others that were pretty involved. So it's always a lot of fun. But we're going to be looking at Suns versus Lakers, the first game, December 16th. That's Wednesday. How many points is Devin Booker going to have?
0: Oh, see, this is going to be tough because who knows if he's even playing.
1: Right. It could be zero.
0: It could be zero. I expect limited minutes. Less than, let's say less than 18 minutes. I'm going to go 12 points for Booker. Game one against Lakers.
1: 12. Okay. I think he's going to play about that many minutes. I think you're right on on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna believe in Booker. I think he's gonna be excited to play the Lakers. 14. 14 versus 12. Sounds good. So yes, chime in at Sunny and PHX Pod. Let us know. I usually pose the question on Twitter as well. So follow us and I'll put the question out there. You can reply to that that tweet as well. And whoever is closest will get a shout out on the show.
0: All right, Lakers though are you expecting to see any LeBron or any Anthony Davis at any point through these first two preseason games?
1: Maybe a tiny, tiny bit, but I doubt it. I mean, I remember there were rumors or maybe not even rumors. LeBron saying potentially he might sit out the first month of this season. Hmm. So I think it's more likely we see Anthony Davis than LeBron, but I
0: wouldn't bank on it. I hope not. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> I prefer to not play them, you know. Yeah, as much as possible. So yeah, I mean, if they can both take some days off when Phoenix is on the schedule, I'll gladly accept that. Hopefully, that just keeps going through the regular season.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there's there's just not a ton to talk about with these because it's it's yeah. a crapshoot, literally. It We're, is. We can. I guess we can say who do you expect the most out of who might earn a bench position throughout the preseason. There we go. That that's a good one.
1: Yeah. You know, I think I think what we really should be looking at is Langston Galloway versus Etuan Moore versus Javon Carter. How that is gonna shake out. That really seems to be the only real battle. And right now, Langston Galloway is in first place.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think so. Javon, man, I, I have a soft spot for him. And knowing that we put him on a three-year deal, it just feels like we have something cooked up for him. So I, I expect him to get minutes is the thing. But Galloway and Moore both, you know, they, they showed what they bring to the table in this first game. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a great fight throughout the preseason. Like, it's yeah. a this is a legit battle for who's going to be the the first two guard to come off the bench. Right.
1: I think that's really most of what we're watching for. Maybe a little bit of Jalen Smith, Damian Jones, how they're going to work into the rotation a little bit, but nothing too
0: exciting With the, there. With the healthy Sarich and Crowder, right? do you, do you think uh, both James and uh, Sticks, or Damian Jones and Sticks, do you think they're both out of the rotation with Crowder and Sarich? Or do you think we need to lean on one of those bigger boys every once in a while?
1: I, I think more the latter. I think about Sheck Diallo last year. These two were probably going to be in his role. And he played a little bit here and there, even without suspensions or injuries or anything like that coming into yeah. play. So I think maybe maybe that's the battle, Damian Jones versus Jalen Smith for the for last year's Check Diallo role.
0: The prestigious Check Diallo <laughs> role.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I mean, think about that, though. That's such a great upgrade. We got we got a rookie, the number 10 pick who gets to, you know, fight for 11th man, big man minutes. Right. That's so nice.
1: It is nice. It's very nice. It's very nice. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm looking for. I would also add that this game against the Lakers on the 16th might be the last game that we see. Booker, if we are to see Chris Paul, maybe in this game, if we are to see Jay Crowder, maybe in this game, most of the starters, because the next game on Friday, that's a little bit later. It's the last game. It's it's an ESPN game. So I don't know. Maybe we'll, we will see a little bit of Booker in that because he does like mm-hmm. those, even those preseason. But this game is exactly one week before our first game of the regular season on the 23rd. So I I can kind of imagine those guys getting quite a bit of run. Think like NFL. The third preseason game is usually where the starters play the most. And then they usually don't play at all in the fourth preseason game. I could totally see that.
0: Yeah. Sadly, it's on ESPN. And I hope we don't put on a terrible show for a national audience, you know. But, hey, again, our bench, we have depth. They can play ball. Who knows? I mean, Horton Tucker scored like 39 before we recorded this episode or something crazy. So, (laughs) Who knows, man?
1: Who knows? Who knows? Okay, and with that, we will move on to the non-sports section of the show. So we will have one more episode out before Christmas next week. But we're still in the Christmas spirit here. We're going to do probably two non-sports that are Christmas-related here. Oh, yeah. So our non-sports section for this week. And in the almost five years that we've done this, I don't think we've ever had this question, is what are your go-to Christmas movies?
0: So we we hit this right before the show, and we both realized or confirmed that Elf. Elf, number that's, one. That's the favorite. So going to number two, do we need to talk about Elf? Everybody knows Elf. Elf,
1: Elf, Elf is great. If you haven't watched Elf, go watch Elf. It's amazing. It's so funny. It, I, I'll add one thing here about Elf. It holds up. We watched it probably a week or two weeks ago, and it is still very funny. It really holds up.
0: Nice. All right. So my number two is another one that really holds up. Much older than Elf. Actually, almost as old as me, and I'm old. <laughs> uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is definitely my the, the number two that I go to. There's so many funny parts in that movie that just stick with you. And, you know, there's like everyone has T-shirts with quotes from the show. And like every time my favorite part of the movie, every time when they're all sitting around the table to eat and uh, they make the old lady say grace and she says the Pledge of Allegiance. (laughs) I I stand up just like Cousin Eddie and put my hand over my heart while she does it too, because it's just so funny. that like that little dumb joke right there has held up for 30 years and it's still hilarious and i don't know it's just a it's a it's a timeless one it's it's a really good one
1: that is funny i've never seen all of that movie oh you got it you got i need to i know i need to i've been saying it for years and years and years i've seen parts of it and then you fall asleep
0: right (laughs) yeah
1: you stole the words right out of mr instant
0: sleep over here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. oh this looks like a nice movie
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's my life right there but yeah I need to watch all of it I would add uh, a Christmas story of course TBS shows it for 24 hours I, I usually turn it on just have it play on loop I don't really watch that closely I have watched it closely I've paid attention many times it's a great movie I love that one uh, I'm trying to think oh it, I don't know if this really counts as a Christmas movie or not. I think it does. Nightmare Before Christmas, I think that's a great movie. The music's really great. It's just a classic. Watched it as a kid, still love it as an adult. Um, I want to do a shout-out to my sister here, too. She loves the Santa Claus. She says that movie is one of the best Christmas movies, and it's a little underrated. Yeah, Tim Tim Allen. Allen? Uh Uh-huh.
0: Uh, and the first
1: one is it's pretty good, so haven't seen it in quite a while. But
0: yeah, you know that's one that I I have enjoyed in the past, but I haven't seen that one in a long time. That, yeah. that is
1: yeah, I'd call that underrated. Yeah. yeah, we were thinking of revisiting it, so you should maybe well
0: because she yeah my sister really loves it. So yeah, a lot of good Christmas movies. All right. That wraps things up. Thank you guys for tuning in. Check us out on social media at sunny and PHX pod next week. We'll have a few more preseason games to talk about. And then we are going to be in regular season NBA regular season basketball. Let's get some hype about that. All right. Thanks again for tuning in and go Suns. Of nice.